Good evening, I'm Darcy. And I'm Hannah. Welcome to Real Bites. The podcast where we, as film students, put our limited coherent thoughts into words to discuss classic films. In this episode, we'll be discussing the 1960s TV show, Get Smart, created by Mel Brooks and Buck Henry. Stay tuned for our thoughts on spy films, catchphrases, and shoe phones. Let's begin! Get into Get Smart. <laughs> nice one. Uh, the two episodes we'll be recapping today are The Impossible Mission and Diamonds Are a Spy's Best Friend. The titles are so cute. So if you don't know, Get Smart is a TV series. It was it started in the 1960s, and it's kind of a response to these James Bond spy films. It's a parody of them, and you've got Agent 86, who is completely clueless. He cannot do anything right, and his partner... Agent 99, who is a way more competent agent than he is, and their boss is the chief of control. And control is this government organization, top secret, of the United States. And their rivals are Chaos, which is the Eastern European organization. They actually call themselves the International Organization of Evil, I believe, which is, it's fun to have, you know, villains which are proud of being Imagine villains. saying you work for this organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally the most evil organization, so don't mess with us. Yeah, and Control and Chaos, they don't stand for anything. They're written in all caps like acronyms, <laughs> but they don't stand for anything. So The Impossible Mission, it's set in a television studio, and there's a bit of homage to Charlie Chaplin. They run around, and this is part of the fourth season, the best season, in my opinion. And this is the episode where Max, Agent 86, proposes to 99. And she accepts. And then the other episode is Diamonds Are a Spy's Best Friend, which centers around Max trying to buy a wedding ring, I mean engagement ring, and the shopkeeper sells him one which he's trying to hide from Chaos, this the famous diamond. And then they run around getting the diamonds. And they find out they're smuggling the diamonds out through bowling balls. Very Imagine much... you go bowling and it's like a diamond just falls out of a bowling ball. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm wondering how they didn't fall out, but I guess they were, like, lodged in there. Or you crack a bowling ball and be like, gold, we want your gold. <laughs> Overall, I find this TV series has a great balance of verbal and physical humor. Especially, for example, like, in the Impossible Mission where he comes in and he locks all his, like, he has, like, six or seven locks on the door and then the door slowly swings open. And, you know, obviously the puns and everything. But I find, like, the, the physical humor helps a lot. He's clumsy most of the time, and that just adds to his character. Yeah, the characters are really interesting. And especially, like, he tries to do everything himself and be a good agent, but he's not better than 99. And usually, like, she says an idea, and then he'll have to, like, take it for himself and make it his own. Yeah. I think that's what makes it funny. Like, character, like 99 is so much more, what's it called, better for the jobs or the missions, but she's the sidekick. I just don't even understand how they how 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 they agree to get married. Well, she kind of well she kind of tricks him into it, right? Oh. she's like, oh no, we can't get out of here. We're gonna die. And then he's like, well, if we do get out, I'd like to marry you. And she's like, you know what? I do have an idea. <laughs> oh, so she wants? <gasps> yeah, she does. Oh, so she doesn't actually love him. She does love him. What do you mean? She wants to get married oh. to him. Yeah, to get out. <laughs> yeah, but once they get out, what happens? Well, they get married. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. 
because she like tricks him into he, and that's why he's like well why don't you think of this plan before I asked you to marry me <laughs> and she's like I didn't have anything to live for then and I, I think it's like great that they progress from they don't like get married in the next episode right away they go from they get they argue and then they shop for a wedding wing wedding blah, 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 wedding ring <laughs> they argue more she goes like shopping for a dress it's a whole thing True. evolution and what like something completely that I find insane is you never find out her real name the whole she just series stays 99. not even after she marries him it's Were always marrying 99. 99 yeah exactly and there's this one episode is it 99 loses control where she leaves control for a while and she's like gonna get married to this other guy and then she's like she goes by susan but then and then when max is like oh well i finally know your name she's like nah that's a fake fake name <laughs> we never do find out the show is also pretty heavy in catchphrases right it's like missed it by that much would you believe yeah it's like oh here's the quote at this moment seven coast guard cutters are converging on us would you believe it seven <laughs> And then the villain's like, I find that hard to believe. And then Max is like, would you believe six? And the villain's like, I don't think so. And then Max <laughs> is like, how about two cops in a rowboat? So, like, there's a lot of this. Like, and then at the end, it goes from, like, police to an angry Boy Scout with rabies or something. That's pretty funny. The show is, like, really, yeah, heavy with catchphrases. And a lot of plot exposition happens through dialogue, which I is interesting for a mystery story, right? Because he's like, 99's like, the way he bowled that trash can at you. You're right. He didn't throw it. He bowled. <laughs> yeah, that so that, that that's how they figure out that the villains are good at bowling, <laughs> because 99's word choice. <laughs> mystery. That's a slick way to introduce exposition if you ever need to in a short film, right? Yeah. Just, and it's humorous, too. So. Yeah. Not sure how well nice. it would work if you used it like the whole short film through. It's like he bowled it at you, and then he, it's like he was holding a paintbrush when he wrote, and you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Another interesting comedic choice they had was when Max and Chief were in the airplane having their top secret discussion. The audience was also left out of that discussion because you couldn't hear what Max and Chief were saying over the engine. So, about style and influences. It parodies the James Bond films, which, you know, Dr. No was released in 1962. And then you get some Bond villains parodied and get smart. Like Dr. Claw. 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 And the Cold War espionage is an influence on it. As well as, like, spy culture with the gadgets and the glamour. For a, for a comedic show, they still managed to touch on that. Yeah. So speaking of gadgets, there's a lot of emphasis on like the technology or like spy gadgets they use, such as like Max's phone, for example, his shoe phone. Yeah, that's iconic. <laughs> Comes in handy. Yeah, no, they have like the self-destructing tapes. Is it part of the Impossible Mission? No, the other one, the Diamond uh, Pirates. Yeah, considering like the first mobile phone was invented, it, like made in 18, 1973. Whoa. Yeah, and this before that, you know, how crazy would it have been to have a phone in, like, the wheel of your car and in a fire hydrant and in your shoe? So, like, the huge running gag. They should literally have shoe phones today. Yeah. They I mean, should. I wonder if, like, if, if secret agents do 
They wouldn't tell us, but I hope oh, they yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> like your shoe is ringing. That's another catchphrase that's usually told. Your shoe is ringing. And it's funny because they, for for a comedic show, you know, for James Bond and stuff, the gadgets are always slick and you know they work perfectly. And the way it's interesting, they flip that in the comedy to get co- more comedy out of it. They made gadget malfunctions like the cone of silence right where it like lowers down on them when they're trying to have a secret meeting but it makes it even worse and they end up shouting the secret information at each other and then like the hidden devices in his apartment luxurious apartment by the way yeah he does have the apartment's huge it's so nice from what i remember yeah he has like stairs (laughs) in the apart like two-floor apartment or something invisible walls also the like the concept of landline eavesdropping is touched on i guess that was another cold war fear and you know espionage trope and they flipped it so he has his garter phone tapped instead of his landline so he has like two garters <laughs> again that's, that's the visual gag like how would you tap a garter phone the filmmakers probably had to decide oh we'll just put another one on it that's an interesting way to solve it mm-hmm. he figures out they tapped it by seeing the other garter. The intro is pretty long. There's a long title sequence. And they take the time of the title sequence to show this kind of glamour with his really beautiful car. The glamour continues on in you know the idea of going undercover. And the more... like He, he has different cars throughout the series. It, they made an interesting choice to fade out the scenes in puzzle block style. I think that's signature to get smart... Um... Like those puzzle pieces. Yeah, I haven't seen it in any other yeah. TV show. When you see it, you'll know it's that's a get smart signature to it. Pulling out puzzle blocks and putting them back in. Other shows just have like the circle going in and leaving like everything black except the circle, but the, these ones they have puzzle pieces. Okay. On to the trivia. Funnest part. Barbara Feldon said The Impossible Mission is her favorite episode. I always like looking at, you know, when the the artist or author says it's their favorite work. I think it's interesting to know that. And we we, we touched upon this earlier, but yeah, we never ever find out 99's real name. The second biggest character, you don't know their name. Or just a number. Just a number. Yeah, 99. Oh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, Stranger Things. The main character, Eleven, they call her L. Oh. Like for 11, but her name is just 11. It's a number. That's yeah. how num- like, names are going to be in the future. Like, parents are going <laughs> to name their kids five. And <laughs> What was the name of Elon Musk's kid? They're this, like, equation. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Get Smart did it first, just so you know. Yeah, his- Elon Musk's kids, one of them, his name is X. Just the letter X. X Ash A12. Wow. Get Smart did it first, as you said. Also, in when Max is looking through photos in is it The Impossible Mission, yeah. The first one he sees is, you know, the humorous picture of a little boy. That's Alfred E. Newman, who's the mascot for Mad Magazine. The 8x10 black and white picture that Max rips to pieces is a shot of the singer Tiny Tim, who had a hit record with Tiptoe Through the Tulips that year. The Tiny Tim. I mean, he looks kind of creepy. Tiny Tim. Tiny, Tiny Tim, Tim tiptoes through the tulips. Don Adams, who plays Maxwell Smart, directed 13 episodes of the show and wrote two. 
so he was involved in it and he also worked as a director it's it's interesting yeah man of many talents (laughs) and the nude bomb is they had a film made after that the nude bomb um, which was a feature length film with Max the, 99 isn't in it though which is disappointing but there is the film The Nude Bomb and the reference is too glaring to ignore that The Nude Bomb is the probably the namesake of The Naked Gun which is the 1980s film with Leslie Nielsen and actually Mel Brooks who worked on Get Smart contributed gags to The Naked Gun so it's interesting Another reference to modern films is in one episode, I forget which in Get Smart, the villain's name is Hans Gruber, which I don't know where that name is like from because it's also the villain's name in Die Hard. Like, was it some famous? But I couldn't find anything when I googled it, so maybe it's just like John Smith, but the German version of John Smith. But like 50 years apart, they'd have the same. Wait, maybe not 50, maybe like... Maybe Die Hard paid homage to Get Smart. That's true, but they're so like vastly different, eh, not vastly different genres, but yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good you caught that actually. That never occurred to me. Yeah, so I was looking at, it, I was like, where have I heard Hans Gruber before? That's Die Hard villain, because it, it it's so popular now with Die Hard. I wonder what the origin is that they would both maybe like they either both originate from the same place, like they both either referencing the same thing, or Die Hard is referencing Hans Gruber. From get smart or they're completely unrelated which is too weird to be true <laughs> i'm sure they're related somehow so when they mentioned the league of bald-headed men it's a reference to sherlock holmes league of red-headed men yeah because sherlock holmes is also a mystery kind of mystery kind of guy i get smart was very popular like a lot of people haven't heard of it but it ran for 138 episodes and it lasted for five seasons if you had to rank the seasons, I would put them uh, number one, season four, and then season five, and then three, and then one, and then two. That's my ranking. What's your personal opinion, Hannah? Um, I like Get Smart a lot. Because often I would watch it with my my family, like in the evenings sometimes. You know, we'd all get a good laugh out of it. But I, I do love the show. It hasn't gotten old. Like, if you watch... Uh, what's it called? West Wing. It was made in the. It was made in like two thousand in the two thousands, but it looks like it was made in the eighties. I swear that show looks so old. Like just the way they talk and the way they dress and the way the way they hold themselves in West Wing is just completely ridiculous. And I don't know what's up with that. It has aged badly. It has aged like bad cheese. Get Smart has aged really well, and it holds up. It does put me to sleep, though. I, f- I feel sleepy after watching it because you get like the same patterns of speech. Max's signature pattern of speech, and then 99, and then Chief, and it just kind of loops again and again. It's a nice way to fall asleep, though. Not complaining. I think my family even started having inside jokes. It's like, hello? Yeah. This is chaos. <laughs> Things like that, yeah. I love their little logo with the vulture on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you said, I think it's timeless. It's always funny, to be honest. It doesn't get old. Yeah, I'm surprised the show isn't as well-known as it probably should be. Because it's it's good. Well, for those of you listening, now you know about it. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Well, I guess this ends the episode. 
Yeah. You've been listening to Real Bites, the podcast where we discuss classic films in bite-sized episodes. This podcast is free to listen to, and as of now, it's available on YouTube, SoundCloud, TikTok, and LinkedIn. We'll be expanding to other platforms soon, so stay tuned. And you can find all the links to these social media platforms at realbytes.card.co, which is spelled R-E-E-L-B-I-T-E-S dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Thanks for listening. And we hope to see you again next week. I gotta go, my shoe phone's ringing. (laughs) Ha ha ha.